Support for WABE comes from the Community Foundation for Greater Atlanta. You can go beyond giving to impact. Learn more at cfgreateratlanta.org. I'm Erlon Woods. I'm Nigel Poor. We're the hosts and creators of Ear Hustle from PRX's Radiotopia. Ear Hustle is a show about life inside prison, but it's not your typical prison podcast. In this next season, we've got stories about the objects people keep inside their prison cells. About residents in a women's prison who say they want to stay there. And the most beautiful prison garden. Erlon, I will never forget it. Ear Hustle. Stories about life on the inside, told by those who live it. Find Ear Hustle wherever you get your podcasts. From WABE in Atlanta, this is Closer Look. I'm Rose Scott. Coming up on today's show, another spike in COVID-19 cases could happen after this holiday season, or could not. But meanwhile, it is recommended getting updated booster shots. But for whom exactly? We'll talk about that in just a moment. Also this hour. The thing that sets him apart from everyone was that joy and the pain in his voice, that vulnerability in his tone. And that's just honest. You know, you cannot you cannot relate that to people and have people feel it for 100 years without it being real and honest. She's often referred to as the daughter of soul. From our Closer Look archives, it's R&B jazz singer and composer Layla Hathaway talking about her musical journey and the legacy of her amazing father, Donnie Hathaway. All that's just ahead, but first, a check of these headlines. Early voting is surely bringing a lot of Georgians out to the polls from the Secretary of State's office. As of this morning, just under 520,000 Georgia voters have cast their ballot during in-person early voting, with more than 122,000 yesterday. Now, that's that mark is actually 53% up from day four of the 2018 midterm early voting. And it's also only 25% less than the day of day four of early voting in the 2020 presidential election. So early voting continues. Another hearing in a lawsuit challenging Georgia's abortion law is set for Monday here in Atlanta. Fulton County Superior Court Judge Robert McBurney will consider ACLU of Georgia arguments that House Bill 41 violates state privacy protections. Now, Allison Coffin heads an Atlanta-based abortion rights coalition. She says the law is having a big impact on Georgia women seeking abortion care. And it also means that people that were traveling to Georgia, you know, from Mississippi and surrounding southern states are now having to travel to North Carolina, which is just much further away, means more time off of work, additional travel and lodging costs. Now, supporters of the law say it does not harm women and includes exceptions for miscarriages as well as for rape and incest if victims file a police report. In other news, the 41-story building at 2 Peachtree Street in downtown Atlanta has a new owner. It's the city of Atlanta. Through a press release from Mayor Andre Dickens' office yesterday, $39 million was approved to buy the building. That's near the Five Points Martyr Station. The building now becomes part of the city's affordable housing initiatives. Invest Atlanta, the city's economic development arm, is set to turn the building into a, what else, mixed-use, mixed-income building. In a statement, the city said the conversion could create several hundred housing units. And this programming note, Mayor Andre Dickens will be a guest next Wednesday here on Closer Look. The conversation... What else? Housing affordability in Atlanta. A federal appeals court says the U.S. U.S. Senator Lindsey Graham must testify in Fulton County special Graham jury into whether former President Donald Trump and others tried to legally influence the results of the 2020 presidential outcome. Let's hear from Alex Helmick. Fulton County's district attorney says she wants to ask Graham about phone calls he made to Georgia's Secretary of State, Brad Raffensperger, after the 2020 election. Georgia went for a Democrat in 2020 for the first time since 1992 by a narrow margin, a number made famous in a phone call by former President Trump to Raffensperger. I just want to find uh, 11,780 votes, which is one more than we have. Because we won the state. Several recounts and audits showed no widespread voter fraud. Fulton's DA has subpoenaed scores of big names and forced several to testify in the probe. Graham, who has said his position as a U.S. senator keeps him from having to testify in a state investigation, can still appeal the ruling to the full 11th Circuit. 
Alex Helmick, WAB News. As far as the upcoming elections, you know all those amendments that are on there? Well, Georgia ballots in November include two questions about tax exemptions for farmers and timber producers. Molly Samuel explains what that's all about. Farm equipment can be super expensive, hundreds of thousands of dollars. So there's been a Georgia law that exempts family farms from having to pay ad valorem tax. That's like property tax on that equipment. But if a couple family farms were to pool their resources, buying land or livestock or equipment together... It became taxable because they were not related. State Representative Sam Watson, a Republican from Moultrie, is himself a farmer. As long as they did it by themselves, it was tax-free. So he introduced legislation that keeps that tax exemption in place for family farms that are working together. That bill passed, and the proposal now goes to voters statewide. It's Measure B on the ballot. Measure A also stems from a bill Watson introduced. It extends that same ad valorem tax exemption on equipment to timber producers. Molly Samuel, WABE News. Now, did you know there were a total of four ballot measures? So much is made of the races to be expected, but ballot measures rarely get as much attention. So that we were appreciate, and I know you appreciate, when WABE's Molly Samuel took time to report on a very important measure. And that's what we do here, not just at Closer Look, but in our WABE newsroom, because we are proud to bring you an array of programs, along with what we consider, we know to be fact-based, unbiased news. Where am I going with this? Yes, we are in our fall member drive, and we're also proud of our partnership today. It's actually one of my favorite days when we have these drives with the Atlanta Community Food Bank because your gift right now provides 10 meals to a friend or neighbor in need right here in the Atlanta community. And I'm joined now to tell you more about this by our regular WAB contributor, author, journalist, and TV host, the fabulous Gail O'Neill, everybody. (laughs) <laughs> am I a regular now, Rose? Well, you might you know, as well I'm be. <laughs> <laughs> I am with you on this contribution to the Atlanta Community Food Bank. And I think listeners might be surprised about who needs help because I know I was. Many of those getting assistance don't tell their friends, their friends rather, and they don't tell their family either. They just get what they need from agencies like the Atlanta Community Food Bank very, very quietly. They visit the food banks about eight times a year. And they do what they need as any any of us would to feed their families. So your gift right now will not only continue to provide the funding we need to bring you the inside and trusted news, but right now it also provides 10 meals to the Atlanta Community Food Bank. So please make your year-end gift right now. There is no better time at wabe.org slash donate or by calling 678-553-9090. Thank you. My name is Mike Rundle. I live in Atlanta, right off Centennial Olympic Park. Why I appreciate Closer Look is that it deals with local issues, primarily around, I find, like quality, fairness, racism, and understanding how our city is trying to deal with those issues or could deal with those issues. I learn stuff that I don't get perspective on anywhere else. And when you give $10 a month, and we appreciate that, Mike, when you give $10 a month, that will make you a WABE sustainer. And it really is the best way to give. Here's why. Because that $10 may seem small, but I'm going to tell you something. It allows us to make future plans more accurately, knowing we have a reliable source of ongoing support. So we do suggest maybe $10 a month because that's about the amount that seems to work best for most of our listeners. But look, what would my grandfather say, Gail? What would he say? You do what you do. Do what you do. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, every WABE monthly donor will automatically receive a gift from us, the PBS streaming service, Passport. That is my chill pill to happiness, Rose, I got to tell you. We only ask that you give as generously as you can at wabe.org donate. It'll help us not just to pay for Closer Look and Rose and everything that Mike loves about Closer Look. It'll help WABE amplify the voices of Atlanta. And with nearly 90% of all funding coming from Metro Atlanta, your help is vital to us. WABE.org slash donate or 678-553-9090. And really, thank you. Today only, during our partnership with the Atlanta Community Food Bank, we'd like to thank you with the WABE tote bag at 50% off. This fall's canvas bag features the illustrations of Atlanta artist Fabian Williams and his colorful take on the WABE slogan, Amplifying Atlanta. That's today only with a gift of just five bucks a month or a one-time donation of $60. 
help support one of the most trusted news outlets in America. Because facts matter, and your gift does too. At wabe.org slash donate, or phone 678-553-9090. Thank you. Yes, thank you. And remember, your one gift provides 10 meals. Think about this. Your one gift provides 10 meals to a neighbor in need. Thanks to our partnership with the Atlanta Community Food Bank. And our partnership with them is only for today. Only for today, y'all. So that means if you'd like to be part of this, where your gift does so much more, then please go ahead. Make that October gift right now at wabe.org slash donate. That says a new donor, too, an added gift. Guess what? A sustainer who gives a bit more. We appreciate that. Any gift in any way will apply right now. You can also contact us the old-fashioned way, 678-553-9090. Again, online, wabe.org slash donate. And thank you so much. When we come back, we dig into the Closer Look archives, one of my favorite interviews with Layla Hathaway. Support for WABE comes from the Community Foundation for Greater Atlanta. If you love Atlanta, you can invest in the big picture. Learn more at cfgreateratlanta.org. The field of mental health counseling is growing rapidly, and Richmond Graduate University can equip you with everything you need as a licensed professional counselor while integrating your faith into your clinical practice. Programs are offered in Atlanta, Chattanooga, and online. Apply today at richmont.edu. That's R-I-C-H-M-O-N-T dot E-D-U. That was just released some weeks ago. Layla Hathaway singing with her father, the amazing Donnie Hathaway. And although he died decades ago in 1979, I remember that day. His funeral was in St. Louis, Missouri. So many people tried to pack in there. Reverend Jesse Jackson came, and they had the funeral at a very small church. I remember it like it was yesterday. Now, this is actually, you're wondering, well, how did they put this together? Well, this was an unreleased demo of Donny Hathaway's This Christmas, which, of course, is a holiday classic. And if you don't play this song in your household during the holidays, I'm not coming over. But it has been produced along with Layla's vocals. And she's often referred to as the daughter of soul. So from our Closer Look archives, it's really one of my favorites, R&B, jazz singer and composer Layla Hathaway. Of course, we talked about her musical journey and the legacy of her amazing father, Donny Hathaway. First of all, let me say this. I want purple locks. Do it. Should I do it? Do it. Just just get on out there. Be prepared to lose a couple, though. Really? You have to bleach and then make them purple. It's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> but I don't want to bite your style. It's all right. Purple, purple is available to everyone. All right. You know, I've, I've talked to a lot of artists, and most of them love the touring, albeit grueling. Mm-hmm. But when you do it for so long, does it ever become too much for yes. you? Yes. It's too much right now today. Um, I love it, and I wouldn't trade it for the world. I wouldn't trade what I do for the world. But I definitely miss my bed and stove and television (laughs) and my own TiVo programs and my own bathroom. (laughs) I do. I'm definitely homesick this time in a way I've never been. Really? Yeah. I think um, I just moved, Mm -hmm. and I'm looking forward to unpacking my house. It's all in boxes. And um, six and a half weeks on the road is, it's a long time. Luckily, I'm out with my band, my friends, my mom. And so um, it's not too bad. But I do definitely miss home. I asked the legendary Shaka Khan about touring. Take a listen to what she said. My singing is like my therapy. Mm-hmm. You understand? If, yeah, if I'm not singing, I'll be in some trouble. Yeah, I need to sing. Understand? I love that communication, reciprocative love that goes between the audience and myself. What is singing for you, Layla? Yeah, it's a lot of that. It's it's super cathartic. It is um, a place of peace. It is a place of meditation. 
it's absolutely uh, the most fun I have in a day, even on days where it's hard or it doesn't sound great or the people aren't interested or the money's not good or the room's not nice or the catering sucked. On those days when I'm able to make the sound for people and try to caress them with the sound, that is absolutely my therapy. So how do you know when it's time for a break? I get really sleepy. I sleep in the car at the parking lot of NPR. <laughs> I see. I wasn't going to bring that up, but I walked out. I walked out to the car. Yeah. You were you were gone. I I try to get a couple <laughs> little snoozes. Um, right now, it's time for a little break. I need to disconnect for a moment. It's hard to know because my life is so much music. Um, I live with it every day. I'm talking about it and doing it every day. If it's not something I'm doing every day. On the days I'm not doing it, I'm planning for when to do it again. And so um, in the last couple of years, I have made an effort to try and take a vacation like for a week and go somewhere far away. But still, I get phone calls on the vacation about when it's going to happen again. So um, looking forward to a vacation. When you think back to 1990 and that debut album, can you even sum up how you've developed as an artist? Nah. Yeah. It's weird. People say, what's the, what's the difference between your first album and this album? What's the difference between the last album and this album? Like, what's the difference between yesterday and today? Like, time. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the difference. The evolution, the time, the space, the matter in between. I'm still the same girl. Mm-hmm. I have evolved and stayed the same. You know what I mean? There are all these kind of esoteric concepts as to how to quantify things in the world and I find particularly with art and um, spirituality for instance there are a lot of um, people try to quantify that it's very hard for me to do that I mean I know that I'm older I hope that I'm wiser I hope my voice has mellowed I hope it's better Um, I hope I have retained a lot of the quality that I had at 20 I hope that it has gotten better and you know uh, I think the main difference is really just time Let's go back even further when you were at the Berkeley College of Music. Did you think about any of this? I did. I thought about it every day. Yeah. I thought about, you know, what would my television show be about? (laughs) What kind of clothes would I wear? Where would I go sing? You know, yeah, I thought about it a lot. Do you remember the first time you went out on stage when you were a a professional singer? I mean, you've been singing since you were little. But Hmm. when you knew you were going to get a check, that first concert... (sighs) <sighs> Not really. I kind of was always on this path. Mm-hmm. I do remember, you know, my first shows at school and feeling like, oh, there's a smoke machine and I'm wearing the dress. You had a smoke machine later on. Well, they had one at Berkeley. So, you know, there was smoke for the, you know, you know, they were preparing us for the professional world. Um, yeah, I don't I don't remember. I just have always been on this trajectory. You chose to, well, you, let's back up. You sang a classic by Anita Baker, Angel, and it, it just went, it was bananas. It was a smash. want to listen to it don't you just want to listen to this <laughs> yeah here's a comment that i read flawless just flawless and her range i passed out and woke back up still in vocal heaven mm-hmm. that's nice isn't that nice yeah i like when people use words like heaven when they associate my tone with heaven that's a really good thing that's a thing they don't even realize that they are doing a lot of times, the three things most associated with my tone to me are heaven or some sort of spiritual mm-hmm. overrealm, food, you know, chocolate or Danish butter, and fabric, velvet or cashmere. So I get those three references a lot. Chocolate, velvet, cashmere. Mm-hmm. You have a lot of influences, obviously, you know, when we think about Donny Hathaway, the legend, and I've read where people call you the daughter of soul, and it was in her genes, and she was born to do this. What do you think about all that? I think that there's a truth to it. I mean, mm-hmm. both of my parents are musicians, mm-hmm. and I grew up with that influence, absolutely. Um, since I was probably two or three years old, 
I have been a student of music. So I definitely think there is something to it. Um, having said that, you know, I know a lot of child doves that don't do the same thing mm-hmm. as their parents did. But um, I think for me, it has been such a natural evolution for me. And to have my parents meet at music school at mm-hmm. Howard and and uh, my sister and I are both musicians. Um, so I think I think there's something to be said about that. Do you or what have you taken from his approach to music and just going back and listening yeah. to how he laid down tracks, how he composed? I feel like the thing that I take from it the most, and I have said this from the beginning, is his honesty, his vulnerability. So the fact that, you know, I mean, I, a week does not go by that someone doesn't say to me, hey, I know this guy, he sounds just like your father. And I always feel like, no, no, he doesn't. No, no, he doesn't. <laughs> no, he doesn't. <laughs> but the thing that sets him apart from everyone was that joy and the pain in his voice, that vulnerability in his tone. And that's just honest. You know, you cannot you cannot relate that to people and have people feel it for 100 years without it being real and honest. Can you record a song if you're dealing with pain or if you're upset? Or if you have sad? to. That's a good time to record a song. That's, you know. You know who else told me that? And people may be shocked. Tito Jackson, right here in this studio, yeah. said that. Tito Jackson's a consummate musician. Yeah. He said know? that. He said the best time to, to record is when you're upset because you're not in love anymore. Oh, or, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, in pain, that's where we grow, right? Yeah. It's interesting. I've been open up, opening for Mary J. Blige this summer, and she is in a specific period of time right now that we can all see. It's really blown out and really in the press. And she is really thriving. And, you know, it's a sad thing, but it's a wonderful thing to watch someone break out of a shell and move and emote and and vibe and evolve. But that's what happens when we're in pain. You know, those are the here, my dear. Marvin Gaye. Yeah. These these records are the greatest. I'm out of love record or I'm there's alimony record or somebody died record. These are the records that people really cling to because they understand that pain. We have talked about on this program, is R&B dead? Because there was an article that came out that said R&B is dead. I love those. Yeah. What do you think about all that? It's silly. I think it's silly. I don't think R&B is dead. I think that the radio is kind of dead in some ways. Um, But rhythm and blues will always exist. It comes from a long, I mean, it, it's it's in the DNA of this country. So mm-hmm. it started in the fields as work songs. You can't, you will never erase that. That will never be dead. All of that, all of that music transitions down and then becomes the story of Black Americans in this country, and then subsequently Americans in this country. So you'll never erase that. When we talk about pain, you also can look at the current climate of our nation. Does that? It all influenced your it does. writing? It yeah. does. And, and I tell people a lot about this record, um, the record that I have created, which is called Honestly, is indeed a, a resistance record. It's not a protest record. It's not a where have all the flowers gone record. It is a record which is me expressing myself creatively in spite of the climate in this country, which is in and of itself a mode of resistance. So it may not seem like a protest record, but it is absolutely um, meant to resist what is happening. And when you are composing that and writing that and then something else happens, is it easy for you to jump back into either another painful writing session or something happened or somebody gives you some ice cream and you're very happy again and that's write a happy song how do you maneuver between all of those emotions it really it really just depends on how we are approaching the day there are a lot of records that have been written or that I have sang that other people wrote that you wouldn't necessarily pick up on how deep the actual lyric is for us that wrote it or performed it but it is meant to uplift you you know what I mean? So the lyrics are relatable to you. But the record, I think, <clears throat> the the job of the artist is to communicate what is happening in the world. And so we absolutely speak to that in one way or another. You do a lot of collaborations with other artists, great producers. You like that? You I like love that? it. Yeah. Yeah. I think collaborations are the spice of, you know, what makes it work. You know, no man is an island. I think it's it's great for Prince 
to write everything or, or people to write everything. But even Prince collaborated with musicians. Mm-hmm. So it is a very collaborative effort. You can't, you, there's no band by itself. It's not one guy in a band, you know. The last couple of years, we've lost a lot of legends, yes. so to speak. Yes. And uh, and I know people don't like to hear this word legacy. Um, you've been performing for a long time. Do you think about your legacy at all? I do. I think about my legacy in terms of wanting to present the greatest thing possible that I can. I think about my legacy because my name was a brand before I even got to the planet and I hope that people associate it with greatness. So I hope that when you see Hathaway with music that you know you don't have to worry about that. That's what the legacy should be, that that was great, that they really tried to go above and beyond and deliver beautiful music that we can give our kids and they can give their kids and they can give their kids. You know, when we started this segment, I talked about it's not necessarily the destination, but the journey. How's the journey been for you so far? The journey has been um, sublime. You know, there have been days when I thought, oh, I wish I wish I was on her journey or I wish I was over there doing that. And I really feel like. Really? Like what? Well, you know, there was a time in my 20s. Um, my record came out probably a year before Mary J. Blige's first record, mm-hmm. probably around the same time as Mariah Carey's record. Uh, I saw a lot of girls that were just kind of catapulted into the stratosphere, commercially sort of speaking. And there were times when I associate stuff with greatness, if mm-hmm. that makes any sense. Sure. There are moments, because I'm human, that I will um, look at Kylie Jenner and think, wow, this is her fourth a billion dollar home. What could I do to get my billion dollar homes? What kind of greatness? You know, you start to think about stuff and how how do you where do you get your stuff? And that is where the ego comes into play. So there are there are moments because I'm a human being that I have a break with my spiritual self and I think that the stuff equates greatness, but I am I wouldn't trade my path for the world. How do you bring yourself how do you land that ego then? How do you bring yourself back down? I just start singing, and I know that that I'm the greatest of all time at what I do because there's nobody else like me, and there's no one else in that line. Nothing else will exist like me throughout the strand of time. Um, I still want stuff. Don't what don't you, get what, it twisted. What you want, later? Don't get it twisted. What you want? I would like a villa. I don't know what those are. I think <laughs> that sounds like at least five thousand square feet. I would like a villa. Um, there are some cars I'd like. I like toys. I'm into stuff. But ultimately, um, I would sing with nothing. This is what I'm supposed to do. I recognize I'm on my path, and I'm okay. You still want that TV show? Oh, sure. I would love to have a television show. I think it would be so much fun. We could do one together. Yes. Are you a comedian? Uh, Some say yes. Mm -hmm. My producer, my engineer behind you are laughing. We could work on that. All right. Laylin Rose. All right. I'm sorry, I can't have a rose. I feel like Kendrick Lamar. I, I'm the Sammy. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get your own show, Rose. <laughs> well, thanks, Layla Hathaway. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, that's that ego. That's that ego. But and and I'm and you know, St. Louis. We have a connection there. And yes. you know, no, um, Layla Hathaway. Thank you so much for coming in. Thank you for having me. Being so gracious with your time, I really thank appreciate you. it. I didn't even ask you to sing. See, thank God, because you hear all this frogginess happening in here. <laughs> I'll be glad not to sing for a week. It'd be nice. Best of luck to you. Thank you so much. From the moment I wake each morning, I can't wait to see you smiling. It makes my whole world. That is one of my favorites from 2017, Layla Hathaway, right here in Studio 4. So many interviews, features, series, segments, artists, and even debates right here in the studio made possible by you. And I coming up in just a moment, we're going to talk about another important issue that we've all been dealing with the last few years, and that is COVID-19. So stay tuned to that. And as we continue to wrap up the final quarter of 2022, WAB is asking for your help with a little bit of a donation right now. Your gift in the amount of your choosing provides 10 meals. Today's a special day. Provides 10 meals to a friend or neighbor in need right here in Metro Atlanta. And Gail O'Neill has all the details. And also, Gail, what's that, that segment with Layla? I loved it. Oh. 
Oh, you know what I love about your interviews, Rose? Your guests never sound cookie cutter in their answers. I had the same impression when listening to your archival um, interview with Jermaine Dupri yesterday. He was so candid, so vulnerable, so honest, even when it wasn't self-serving. And that only comes when you're being asked the right questions and when people feel like you're really seeing them and not just plugging in some stupid jukebox questions, in which case you get a jukebox answer. So I loved it, and I cannot wait for this new Christmas anthem. I can't sing, oh, but I, I will be singing playing, along. I was playing it last night about three times. I was like, let me get back to wow. editing. <laughs> wow, wow. <laughs> All right, so back to our partnership with the Atlanta Community Food Bank. The price of groceries are at an all-time high. I just read today that turkey prices are shooting up right before the holiday. And not everyone has the financial means to afford just the basics for their family. So now is really the best time to give. And you can do so at wabe.org slash donate or with a call at 678-553-9090. And thank you so much. Hi, I'm Mary Louise Kelly from NPR. When you do something often enough, it becomes second nature, which can make explaining it surprisingly tough. Like when your grandmother gives you half the information you need for a beloved family recipe. It makes sense to her, so she tells you just bake until it's done. No mention how long or what temperature. In that vein, maybe you've heard people talk about sustaining membership and how it is such an easy way to support this station, but you still aren't quite sure how it works. Well, here's the deal. Step one, go to this station's website. Step two, sign up to make an automatic recurring monthly donation. Step three, that's it. You're done. You can get back to listening. Actually, that wasn't so hard to explain. And when you become a sustaining member, you will see how easy it is to support the journalism you trust. Now, remember step one, listen carefully, because here is how to give. By the way, you're supposed to cook it till it's done. WABE.org slash donate or call 678-553-9090. Really, giving as a sustainer is so easy. But you know what? You choose the amount you'd like to donate each month. And that that's really it. Again, WABE.org slash donate or call 678-553-9090. And as always, we say thank you and check this out. During today's partnership with the Atlanta Community Food Bank, we'd like to thank you with the WABE tote bag at half off. This fall's canvas bag features the illustrations of Atlanta artist Fabian Williams and his colorful take on the WABE slogan, Amplifying Atlanta. That's today only with your gift of just $5 a month or a one-time donation of $60. When you give monthly, you'll automatically receive an added gift, the PBS streaming service Passport. Help support one of the most trusted news outlets in America because facts matter and your gift does too at wabe.org slash donate or phone 678-553-9090. Thank you. Again, that's 678-553-9090 or online at wabe.org slash donate. We're back in a moment. And Closer Look continues from WABE here in Atlanta. I'm Rose Scott. My, how far we've come as a nation in terms of living and dealing with COVID-19. Think back to this time two years ago. The holidays are already stressful, but what happens when you throw in an election year and a pandemic? A whole lot. Well, 2020 would be the first holiday season during what we now call the high pandemic era. Now, for this holiday season, well, we're still in a pandemic. The holidays are still stressful. And for some, oh, yeah, it's a big election year, too. But the major difference between then and now, vaccines. So here's what we know. Everyone six months of age and older is now eligible to get a COVID-19 vaccination. Everyone age five and older is eligible for a booster shot. But there's some confusion. So let's welcome in Dr. Winston Price, immediate past chair of staff, past chief of staff at Memorial Hospital in Maynard in Bainbridge, Georgia. He's also a board certified pediatrician and served as the 105th president of the National Medical Association. Dr. Price, welcome. Welcome. Thank you for having me, Rose. Let's begin here with the facts, because that's what we're supposed to do. Is the Omicron subvariant, is that still the, the dominant strain of COVID-19 right now? Uh, unfortunately, we're expecting a new variant that will be coming in the latter part of this year, which could cause another surge. Uh, the good news is that the Christmas presents are here early in the updated vaccines, which are available for everyone. 
Now, what do we know about the Omicron strain that's so different than the original coronavirus strain that started all of this in, in back in, in 2020 or late 2019 and 2020? What's the main difference here with these these strains? Yeah, so the newest strain is a little bit problematic in that it's learned how to uh, avoid the protection of the uh, original vaccine. Uh, these are smart viruses, so they will mutate uh, as much as they can. Uh, the good news, again, is that we have uh, kept pace with our scientific uh, initiatives and created a vaccine, uh, which are the newer booster vaccines that have uh, gotten around that uh, barrier. Now, in August, the FDA authorized its first update. to COVID, It was a COVID-19 vaccine booster that targeted this Omicron strain. And then last month, they authorized its booster shots for kids as young as five. So I know you probably get a lot of questions from people saying, okay, well, is this, are these boosters different from the boosters that we got before? Yeah, very much different. Uh, these boosters have been formulated to address the newest of the um, COVID uh, variants. So the latest variant of the Omicron, uh, the BA4, BA5, are included in that new vaccine. Uh, the new booster vaccines cover the old uh, version of the uh, COVID, the original one, uh, but it is uh, additional coverage and benefit to uh, those who are getting the vaccine because it covers the newest uh, variant and mutant. Now let's go over this again because I already got a couple of emails. So <laughs> <laughs> we had we had the vaccine and then folks got a booster. Then there was another booster that folks were getting. This is a an additional booster, right? Yeah. This is a third booster. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you can think of it with regard to uh, the people who upgrade their cell phones because they want newest features in terms of sure. security and safety. Uh, and so this newest vaccine provides all of those uh, bells and whistles in terms of covering you the best, giving you the best protection and allowing you to uh, overcome the risks uh, of getting COVID. You know, COVID is still here. Yes. People are still ending up in the hospital. People are still dying every day from COVID. Uh, and the only way we can have a good holiday season uh, is to have uh, everybody get their COVID vaccine and booster. And that way we don't have another outbreak. Are you still getting people just asking you because you are a doctor? And, and then you might get this question and say, well, Dr. Price, these protections, do these updated vaccines really matter? Because I've been feeling great. I haven't gotten COVID. If I did, I haven't had any major effects. Um, what, what do you say to that? Yeah. So one of the things that we've learned is that the long haul or, or uh, long COVID mm -hmm. uh, can occur in individuals who get a very minor illness, but the more minor illnesses of COVID that you get, the greater your chance of getting long COVID symptoms. Those symptoms and those signs and the harmful effects of those can occur anywhere from six months, a year, 30, 40 years. And so we want to reduce people's risk of long haul syndrome with regard to, to COVID. When all this started, of course, there were concerns about folks that might have had some pre-existing conditions or especially folks that were dealing with certain types of respiratory issues. Is this the, the same? Are these folks still at high risk if they have not, if they're not going to get the booster, they haven't gotten a booster? Is there still the same sense, sense of risk for them with this new strain? And if another absolutely. strain comes on? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. And unvaccinated people are 17 times more likely to end up uh, in the hospital or end up having to um, go to an emergency room and, and receive uh, aggressive treatment. And certainly the death in individuals from COVID are at increased risk for those people who are unvaccinated. They also spread the disease to other people. And that's why we want to protect not only the individual, but their families and the community and the United States as a whole. Let's talk about the littlest ones, as I call, I call them, the littlest people of our population, is the little folks. Um, do they need them? Let's say uh, 12 and under. You recommend them? I mean, you're, you're a certified pediatrician. A 12 and under can get the vaccine. And absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. All of, all of my uh, children and grandchildren have had the vaccine and the boosters. Uh, and we certainly recommend it to protect uh, again, not only yourself, uh, but those children are going back and forth to school. And with the newer season where the children are not social distancing anymore mm -hmm. and they are not wearing masks, uh, it's ever more important for them to uh, to do that. And, you know, we're in the flu season. That flu virus has been sitting around for two years waiting for an opportunity to spread itself. And so we're having a very bad flu season now. Yeah. And, you know, when all of that uh, 
uh, nasal secretion are being sneezed and coughed all over the rooms. Uh, those kids are not only spreading the flu virus, but they're going to spread the COVID virus as well. How would you as someone, you're a health official, you're in a medical field, how would you assess in terms of the messaging in, in getting the information out, not just getting the information out, Dr. Price, but also making it clear because there's been so much the last two years as it relates to the vaccine. Is there some part of this, some phase of this that you think could have been handled differently or was some, some, some different type of implementation in terms of reaching specific communities as it relates um, to the vaccine? Yeah, I, I think uh, some of the uh, ways that we're doing it and using our faith-based community, uh, using the uh, uh, sororities and fraternities and, and going down to the grassroots to give the information. There are still uh, parents who come into my office and say they're waiting for the vaccine to be available for their younger children, not realizing that several months ago we approved it for individuals six months and older. Mm -hmm. So getting that message out is very important and also overcoming the barriers of the misinformation and disinformation. Uh, while social media is good at getting a message out, it's gotta be the truthful message and we're fighting against that uphill battle uh, every day. You mentioned the flu shot. Do you think we're going to get to a point where like the flu shot every year, it's gonna be recommended that you get your COVID-19 shot? Uh, that's quite possible. And uh, where they are in the research right now is trying to come up with a, a COVID uh, combined vaccine with the flu uh, vaccine so that you only have to get one shot to cover both. As we wrap up, Dr. Price, in these last two and a half years, and, and I, I'm imagining you've never seen anything like this, where do you, where's your hope that we're going to be maybe a year from now? If I pick up the phone and call you and ask you to come back on the program for an update, what do you hope our conversation is going to be centered around? Well, I think it's going to be centered around the success of this particular uh, vaccine drive. You know, uh, vaccines have been the greatest public health uh, success that we've had through the years. Uh, the millions of people who died from measles and chickenpox uh, complications, uh, meningitis complications, those are things of the past. And so where we have those particular vaccines well integrated into our society, uh, we've overcome those diseases. And, and we do, can do that with COVID as well. Well, then how do you also suggest if you if you could, if they were listening to you, you know, with public health officials in terms of messaging and, and telling folks about the boosters, you know, who, look, I think a lot of folks feel sort of fatigue with pandemic response and messaging. You know, what would you suggest? Well, um, you know, my biased uh, opinion would be to mandate the COVID vaccine. If we did that, uh, early on when the COVID vaccine was available, uh, hundreds of thousands of people would not be uh, dead or suffering from long COVID right now. Now, you mentioned uh, mandate. You know a lot of I, folks. You you absolutely, know. Absolutely. But there are a whole bunch of folks who are not suffering from long-term paralysis from polio because the polio vaccine was mandated. We have kids who are not suffering from uh, loss of limb from meningitis because the meningitis vaccine was mandated. Some people have to be spoon fed and some people have to be led uh, by mandates and uh, it's for the greater good. All right, Dr. Winston Price on COVID boosters. Thank you so much for taking the time as always. We appreciate it, glad we could connect. Thank you. My pleasure, Rose, thanks, anytime. And you're listening to Closer Look from Atlanta here on WABE. I'm Rose Scott. You know, our fundraiser today helps pay for the trusted news and programming that we we hope we are consistently driving right here at WABE. Conversations like the one I just had. Well, I, if I had, I don't know, maybe a dollar for every time I said COVID-19 or every conversation, boy, I could go buy my new electric vehicle right now. But also today. For good reason. Your gift simply will do more. And I'm joined now by Gail O'Neill, who will tell us why today is so special. 
Yes, your one gift right now will provide 10 meals for the Atlanta Community Food Bank to distribute in and around Atlanta. So I want to thank Chantal in Powder Springs, Peg in Marietta, Robert in Atlanta, and five other contributors who have pledged just in this last hour, Rose, giving a total of 80 meals to people who really need them. So whether you're making your very first donation to WABE, becoming a monthly donor, or giving an additional gift, remember, this partnership is for today and today only. So please get around to something you've been meaning to do and give a gift to WABE, and you'll also be helping a friend and neighbor in need, though they may not tell you that. Mm. Go to wabe.org slash donate or with a call to 678-553-9090. And thank you. So what does giving back look like when you're a reporter? Hi there, I'm Eric Deggins, TV critic for NPR. And if you ask me, giving back is all about acknowledging people who've helped you along your journey. Now, one person who shaped my understanding of media was Professor Carol Palsgrove. Her journalism ethics course showed me how money influences media coverage. She taught me the importance of a free and independent press and how to keep my ethical compass true. Now, the values that Professor Palsgrove instilled in me are reflected in the coverage you hear on this public radio station every day. It's why you listen. You can show how much this station means to you today by making a contribution. Give to your community. Give to this station. Give because someone else gave. Here's how. It is really easy. You can give at wabe.org slash donate or the old-fashioned way, 678 678- Five five three ninety ninety. Thank you so much, Eric Deggins, and to his teacher for what he now brings to Atlanta listeners and, of course, not only just nationally but internationally, ethics, facts, and trusts. And perhaps these are the reasons you listen to WABE. And since Eric thanked his teacher, there are three people I'm going to give some shout-outs to. Sister Mary Dennis, my English teacher back in high school. Boy, we, 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 had, we had some rounds, but I got through it. Also, Dr. Mildred Lemon, college, and then Dr. Warren Swindell. All three, three just incredible, incredible people. So there I've said their names. Now, if so, please make your first ever donation for them. Sister Dennis will be so proud. So please make your first ever donation at 678-553-9090 or give at wabe.org slash donate. And we thank you so much. And remember today now, your donation will not only help WABE, but also a very special community partner. And again, here's how. During today's partnership with the Atlanta Community Food Bank, we'd like to thank you with the WABE tote bag at half off. This fall's canvas bag features the illustrations of Atlanta artist Fabian Williams and his colorful take on the WABE slogan, Amplifying Atlanta. That's today only with your gift of just $5 a month or a one-time donation of $60. When you give monthly, you'll automatically receive an added gift, the PBS streaming service Passport. Help support one of the most trusted news outlets in America because facts matter and your gift does too. At wabe.org slash donate or phone 678-553-9090. Thank you. Rose, we are cooking with gas here. We're up to nine pledges. <laughs> Alexander from Portland, Oregon just called in. Thank Alexander. You, Alexander. Cousin Alexander. <laughs> I don't know Alexander. <laughs> is that your cousin? <laughs> well, all right, let's go back to the pledge now. Let's say you wanted to give $10 a month to WABE. What does that really do? Well, programs like Closer Look is on the air because thousands of people started their sustaining memberships in past fundraisers, and it all accumulates. In order to bring you Morning Edition and All, thing cons- all Things Considered, WABE has to pay a fee to NPR. It comes out to more than $4,000 a day, every day, and that's just for the news magazine shows. So we rely on your gift to pay all of these costs. In fact, nearly 90% of all of our funding comes from right here in Atlanta. So your gift today will help us amplify the many voices of, Atlanta, of the Atlanta community, even if coming from Portland, Oregon. Plus, <laughs> every WABE monthly donor automatically receives a free gift from us, the PBS streaming service, Passport. So please don't put it off this time. We have, what, three minutes to go, Rose? WABE.org slash donate, or you can call 678-553-9090. Thank you so much to everyone who has given, and those of you who are going to do it right now. Absolutely, and it's a great way to make your donation go further for today because your one gift, your one gift right now means 10 meals 
will be provided for people right here in the Atlanta area who need a little extra help this October. So please lend a hand with your one-time gift, a new monthly gift, or an additional gift by calling 678-553-9090 or online at wabe.org slash donate and thank you. And Gail, thank you so much for, for hanging out with us and, and enjoying the program. And I always love going into the Closer Look archives and, and got some good stuff coming up next week, too for the last uh, next three days. I look forward to hearing it. Have a great weekend. All right. And that's it for this edition of Closer Look. Our producers are LaShawn Hudson, Daniel Razel, and Pat St. Clair. Our engineer is Kevin Rinker because he rides a bike. A reminder, reminder to let us know your thoughts on today's program or any other. So just send me an email, rose at wabe.org. And if you missed any of today's program, it's always online because that's where it is, wabe.org slash Closer Look. And of course, Closer Look weeknights at 7 p.m. as well as in our podcast. So subscribe to Closer Look wherever you like. And remember the number, 678-553-9090 or online at wabe.org. Gail, what you doing this weekend? Uh, well, I have a niece visiting from Los Angeles, so I think I'm going to take her on one of those Atlanta tours with Tom Houck. I hear he's an incredible tour guide. He knows all the stories. He knows where the bodies are buried. He knows the drama, the, the gossip. <laughs> so that's what we'll be doing. We may see you on the belt line. Absolutely. Come holler at me and my birds. So make yes, sure. Yes, you and your little turtle doves. <laughs> they are quite some messy birds. But anyway, um, stay tuned to 90.1 WABE Atlanta. I'm Rose Scott. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. The Gold Dome Scramble podcast is now plugged in, a WABE politics podcast. New name, same on-the-ground reporting from us, WABE politics reporters Sam Greenglass and Raul Bally. We'll cover local, state, and national politics as we talk to politicians and voters to break down each week's biggest headlines. New episodes drop on Fridays. Listen and subscribe at WABE.org or your favorite podcast platform. WABE.